Hey everybody, welcome to this Ability Podcast where we are on a mission to shift perspective, encourage others, and create community. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. She is uh, she has so many titles, uh, one of which I'd like to call friend. We were uh, chatting the other day just in preparation for this episode, and uh, Mary is the bomb. She is a chef. She is a content creator. Uh, she's the uh, she's a podcaster, multiple podcasts. She is someone who. Uh, is so encouraging and so motivational. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Mary Mamaliti. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to chat with you. Oh my gosh, Mary. I um, So we talked a couple of days ago and then we scheduled an interview and I've been looking so forward to this. I can't, uh, I, I, I called so many people to like Oh my gosh, I talked to this lady, Mary, and she's amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so, so excited. So here's my first question for you. Um, let's start with a saw. This might be a softball. I don't know. Um, you are a chef. So I feel like it would be insane for me to not ask and, you know, Italian heritage, but mm-hmm. what is your favorite food? Oh gosh, this is a hard one. You went, this is yeah. not a softball, my friend. <laughs> Here we go. There are so many so yeah. many. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I just, I think I just love food equally. Amen. So for me, any meal yeah, quickly becomes my favorite meal. Um, I do enjoy a, a beautiful, beautiful plate of pasta. Um, just with a plain, like a little ragu tomato, not a ragu, sorry, a tomato sauce, just like a sure. little fine tomato sauce. Um, it's funny because when I talk to everyone else and I ask this question, I'm like, yeah, this is an easy one. It's not. (laughs) I can tell you everyone else's favorite dish, but when it comes to my own, I think I would have to say, um, oh God. And I'm online so much saying this is my favorite dish. And I guess so many people calling me out. (laughs) I would have to say, um, a nice fresh tomato sauce. There you go. Well, you know, it's, just listening to other conversations. I love the way you talk about food. Like you just said a beautiful plate of pasta and we'll talk about food a little bit later in the podcast, but I just love, there's just something about that and how you look at food and your philosophy on it. And, and we'll link to it, but the podcasts you have your first one, kitchen confession is all about food. I listened to an episode uh, to just kind of prepare and, and, and see what Mary's all about. And mm-hmm. there was the most recent episode with Rich and he was talking about indigenous foods and mm-hmm. it made an impact on me. I, I, I started to think about things differently. And that's what I love about, you know, podcasting in this community and, and meeting new people because it just introduces you to so many things. Now, I didn't say this in uh, the intro, um, but Mary has RP, retinitis pigmentosa, which is different than... Uh, the disease, the, the eye disease I have. So I have cone rod dystrophy. So, um, you know, my central vision is really uh, where I have some issues. I have blind spots in, in my peripheral, but my central vision is, is the main spot where I have the issues. Uh, for Mary, it would be more peripheral and she'll go into that a little bit more. But I'm curious, Mary, with so many different titles, uh, so many different things that you do, when somebody asks, what do you do? What's your answer? Uh, it's usually how long do we have? Um, (laughs) I, you know, I think I just, I just love saying that I'm cooking. I love to cook. Um, I love sharing that with people. And I I just think the messaging of food has been just, it's always had this bad, this negative attachment to it, especially when we went through that whole diet craze and, and everyone's starting to regain and reconnect with food again in a different way. Um, and I think that's how I would call myself as, or how I would describe myself as just a food lover. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Now, uh, I'll, I'll let you say your, um, your dad joke catchphrase uh, in, in, in referring to your journey. But talk to us. Um, yeah, I, I know, uh, Mary, but for the listeners, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. So tell, talk to us about RP, where this whole thing started, and then now where you're at. Okay. So I'm going to give you the short version. Um, I was diagnosed later in life. I was diagnosed at around 21. 
And um, I always knew there was something different about how I saw things. And we tried, we went to doctor, uh, you know, optometrist, ophthalmologist, everything. Um, and we couldn't quite figure out, they're like, oh, Mary needed glasses, which I did. I have astigmatism, but that wasn't what was causing um, my night vision issues. So with retinitis pigmentosa, with RP, it starts to show up at night in your night vision and your depth perception. And I started noticing that as young as I would say seven years old, because if you ask me to remember any further back, it's not happening. But at seven, it's only because we would play hide and go seek. And when I would get to a staircase, I'd have to slow down and, and stop and pause slightly before I went down. And um, anyway, going forward, we've tried to figure out what was happening. Could it, my mom had passed away when I was 13. So again, she would take me to my appointments, we would try to investigate what was happening. But then when she had passed, we kind of stepped away from it. Because it didn't, it, to me, it wasn't as important, because I thought it's just I needed glasses, I didn't realize how different um, I saw come in comparison to others. Um, and then, so I'm sorry, if you hear the dogs barking. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> my neighbor has dogs. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> So uh, we kind of dropped that as I got older and uh, my clubbing days, my bar hopping days, uh -huh. um, we would go, yeah, bar to bar club, you know, and <laughs> I would notice at night, like, you know, someone's handing me a drink and I couldn't see it. And someone would, you know, extend their hand to shake it. I couldn't see it. I would yeah. try to look for the restroom. I couldn't find it because it was so dark in there. Um, and, and that's when I realized there's something really wrong going on. And of course, I would play it off at the time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come out and say, hey, I can't see this or I can't see that. Only a handful of people knew. And my cousins knew because they would actually, they would look out for me. That and I can't have vodka because so I'm allergic to it. So, <laughs> so they would all kind of look out, hey, where's Mary? And don't give her vodka. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, and that's when I walked myself uh, the next day after a club. Uh, it got to the point where I'm like, find the exit sign and I know I'll be okay to get out of here because I started panicking. And um, mm. that's when I walked myself into emerge, emergency. And the way I had described it, I didn't know at the time. It sounded like I had something going on, like a brain aneurysm or, or something going on. Yeah. Neuro neurological. So they rushed me in right away. I didn't realize that based on my descriptions, that's what they thought. Uh, my symptoms, I'm sorry. That's what they thought. So rushed me in, it just so happened that there was an ophthalmologist on staff. And they had said to me, you know what, let's get someone to come in and just take a look, because they saw something different when they looked into my eyes. As soon as it came down, he says, yes, you have a condition. He didn't give me the name of it yet. But he says, I'm going to send you to someone. That was a nightmare, because whoever I went to, um, he probably should have retired by the time before I walked into his, his office, because his, his, um, his bedside manner was a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah. um, he basically told me flat out, you're going blind. Jeez. I said, what? Yikes. And I can, I, I will remember my sister's face till this day because she, the color just drained from her face. I looked over and I, and I'm like, did I hear him? Right. Mm. And he's like, yeah, you're going blind. You're going to lose your sight. I said, okay. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, tears, a tear started streaming down my face. I was like, don't cry. You can't change it. That's what's going to happen. So it's not the ideal way to find out, Yeah. but it did push me to, to investigate things even further and get a second opinion and got the, you know, and started learning about it. Um, and then fast forward to today, uh, I started working leading what I thought or I convinced myself was a normal life. And I'm doing air quotes here. Sure. And because I hid it from everyone. I, I told, like I said, a few, a few more people, but I would hide it. And at the time, it wasn't that I was ashamed of it. Um, I convinced myself, I don't want people to treat me any differently. I don't want them to feel bad for me. Um, I don't want anyone to kind of say, oh, you know, that poor girl. Mm. So that's how I thought of it. In reality, today, I can honestly say to myself and to all of you, I was lying to myself because yeah. I didn't want to say to myself, if I said that I had RP and what was going to happen to me out loud, and if I told people that made it true, 
and that made it happen. That's good. That means that in my mind, I say it out loud. It's going to happen. It's true. If I don't say it, then I I have that shield to hide behind and Mm. not accept what was happening. So I was basically harming myself and I lived most of my adult life as an imposter in my own life. I just tried to be someone that I wasn't. And I hid the fact that I had this condition. If I had just, if I could go back and tell younger me one piece of advice, and that would be, be who you are, accept who you are, be proud of it. And don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on the can, Mm. right? You know, because I got into to finance and I got into, um, I was a financial analyst and I worked towards this career and this is what I thought I was supposed to do. And then as soon as my eyes had deteriorated even further, the choice was made for me. And I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of us to accept. And I think I can speak for most of us when I say, when the choice is made for you, it's a harder pill to swallow. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, I probably could have done it or it wasn't your decision. So that control factor gets taken away and we don't have control in our condition. We don't have control. What happens in our life is what we're starting to feel like. And I went down a path of, you know, feeling sorry for myself and it's not so much sorry, but, and I guess you have to go through that because I started with God, what am I going to do now? Mm. Where am I going to go from here? This is all I knew. Right. And you know, that was my, my, my dad joke went from counting beans to cooking them, but, but it was one of those things where I thought, what do I do now? And I had gotten myself to a point where I would not even leave the house because I, it was that fear. So it's something I did before, but I would walk by myself, but now because this decision was made for me, I can no longer do what I, my job Mm. and I had to leave it then that means I can't do anything anymore. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of everything. All of a sudden, my anxiety level just shot through the roof. And when you do have a condition, and what I want people to understand is when you have a condition, an eye condition, anxiety comes along with it. Yep. If you speak to any one of us, you will know anxiety is part of our life. And it's because it's that fear of unknown. And we can't control it. It's part of it because we live our lives not knowing what's going to happen. And I know everyone does it that way, but they're not, they don't have that added factor of knowing they have an eye condition, that they're losing their sight. We know it, we can't, we can't stop it. So that anxiety plays a part in it. It comes hand in hand. Um, I couldn't walk around the block. Yeah. So didn't I say I was going to give you the short version and I kind of went on here. I love it. Your story is so, so important. Now, but I, I, one question on based on what you said, mm-hmm. uh, you said you were scared to leave the house. Yeah. And I'm wondering, was that because of your physical, you know, your, your eye disease or yeah. you, was that mental? Was that emotional? Was it something more that rendered you, I'm just going to sit here in this house. I'm not going to leave. Was it more than just a physical fear of, I, I don't know where I'm going to get lost. I'm going to bump into something or was it more? Okay. I'm going to choose C, all of the above, because what happens is. I got into depression because wow. again, you lost that control. Yeah. You, uh, I, and I, I didn't want to leave the house because of fear of me not seeing something and hurting mm-hmm. myself or hurting others inadvertently because of it. Um, so that fear factor came in and then let's not forget you mourn, you're mourning, you're physically mourning a loss. Now it's not someone who's passed on. You haven't lost a loved one but you have lost a part of you is how you feel is how your body reacts to it. So you're going through this mourning period. You're going through sadness um, and and fear. And in those three, I didn't mention, you know, happiness, joy or anything. So you kind of sink into this whole anxiety driven day after day. Yeah. And I was afraid because of my new low vision to go anywhere, to leave anywhere. I had to learn to start asking for what I need hmm. to start challenging myself. There was a why book called so hard, Mary. Why, why, why is it so hard to ask for help? It's because ask anyone, whether you're sighted, low vision, yeah. have a condition, any type of disability, ask them, why is it so hard? Because you're giving away a part of yourself. 
Mm. You're, you're hard on yourself. You're making yourself feel that, um, you know, I can't do it. So anyway, you're, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Basically, what you don't want other people to do <laughs> is what yeah. you're doing to yourself. Wow. And you're holding yourself back from so much. And I, I started realizing that because I took myself and I grabbed my cell phone in my pajamas, mm-hmm. grabbed my coat. And luckily it was the winter because no one could see what was underneath. There you go. And left the house. I called my husband and I said, talk to me while I walk around the block. And I did halfway and I said to him, okay, I think I can do the other half by myself. And he's like, you got this. Anyone else would say, okay, it's just around the block. No, that's a huge deal. If you're, if you're fearful and you've got this fear instilled in you about not going outside because you're afraid that something bad's going to happen to you because you can't see it. Yeah. And it's trusting yourself again, trusting your intuition. Um, and one thing I've really learned, ask strangers for help Mm. which I wouldn't do before like I've been at the grocery store because I well now during COVID's a different story sure but you know I have a lot of happy places one was shopping for food grocery shopping and if I can't see something I'll ask the woman or the the man next to me and I'm like you know what I can't see it don't have my glasses can you read it for me or I'll say to someone you know I have low vision I can't see this does that say tomato or whatever the case is sure yeah then I started learning that there's so many devices and apps that we have available yeah. at our fingertips yeah. that would help us in the store. So I just started rebuilding that way and trusting my gut and trusting myself again, because all I'm doing, all I was doing was holding myself back. And I always say that I'm happier now mm. than I've ever been. And I have less sight. Yeah. It's almost like I was able to, to find my way and see things a lot clearer wow. no pun intended but <laughs> uh yeah I, no, I think pun was intended i mean that is <laughs> a powerful statement and i like that you i think it's um it's necessary to use the word sight and not vision because i think you could argue that you have less sight but more vision and one of my questions for you is what have you gained in the midst of vision loss what are some positives and it, it's almost like oh, a there's so many there. Because it, it seems like it shouldn't be a question that should be okay to ask. Because but like, it is. It's such a frustrating thing dealing with vision loss. I'm legally blind. I heard those words for the first time earlier. I was going to say this year, but it's 2021 now. But I heard mm-hmm. that in 2020. And But there are so many positives in my life that I have gained in the midst of vision loss. So I ask the same thing to you. Uh, what are some of those positive outcomes? There are so many. Um when I, f- for me, it was like flipping a switch. Yeah. Um, when it, even when it comes to yourself, when you hear you're, you know, legally blind, it shocks you. It's a shock to your system, mm. but they're just words. I took the power away from the words mm. and I, and I collected that power from myself. So I had let the actual word take over. And it had control over me. So legally blind, blind, low vision, mm, yeah. um, you know, night, night blindness, all of that, everything that had a negative tone attached to it, I removed it and took it away. And I just took from it what I can do with it. So, for example, legally blind. So it's a word. It's something to put on paper. Yeah. But that doesn't define me. It doesn't say who I am. Mm. I'm Mary. This is what I can do. So it's almost like I take the power away from that word and I put it behind me. And then I just keep on looking forward and say, what do I do from here? Never mind about my condition, about what it's called or what it can cause or what it can do. I'm just looking forward. What can I do? What what is going to make me happy right now? And that's where I started is the happiness, I found happiness in cooking, which I've always loved food. Coming from an Italian background, food yeah. is how we express ourselves. But I went back into cooking, into the kitchen, and honestly, it became my form of therapy because I started, I was able to create. Yeah. And once you use that creative outlet, it, it's, it's, a, it's incredible how clear, crystal clear your life becomes. Because when you're in the kitchen, for me, or if you find that thing that you can do, 
um, that just takes your mind away from everything. It's like a clean slate. And it allows you to just, if you can't, just visualize what's in front of you, what can happen. Mm. And for me, that was cooking. I'm, I'm looking at food and I'm tasting it. I'm smelling it. I'm using my other senses. So mm. everything, because wow. I'm using all my other senses in the kitchen, yeah. it just, it started getting, it, it started feeding that, that serotonin level for me, that, that endorphin. Yeah. And I was getting excited about things. And I realized that this is my way of looking at things and feeling happier. Yeah. Right. So that was one food was one for me. Um, I've gained perspective. Mm, there it is. I have gained um, happiness, a yes. happiness that I have honestly not felt until now. Wow. You know, you think you're happy and you're going through life. Um, for me, because like I said, I was an imposter in my own life. I hid so many yeah. things. Right. That now it's so freeing to know that I could just be myself. Yeah. I've take I I've started asking for help, whereas I wouldn't before. And that's a form that's happiness to me. Mm. That's a positive to me because I wouldn't do it before, but it's opened up so many other possibilities by asking for help. That's amazing. Um, and the other thing is there's a there's a book and and if anyone hasn't read, try reading it. It's called Fear the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm. And I always, that's one thing that makes me happy because even though I fear it, I give it a shot wow. and I try my best at it. Yeah. 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 I love that. You said earlier, um, you said legally blind, you know, that, that phrase, that's just a phrase. It's just a mm -hmm. word. And I just began to think about this podcast, right? So it's called this ability. Uh, and it's kind of a play on words like disability. Right. But what I mm -hmm. want people to do is focus on focus on the abilities we do have. That's why I don't want to spend the entire time talking about, okay, Mary has RP, poor Mary. That's why you're such a gem, Mary, is because you've overcome that and you've begun to leverage the abilities you do have. And I just think it's so much more than a physical disability, but it's things like depression or it's things like anxiety or mm -hmm. fear, or it's someone that lost their job and now they are carrying this word around of unemployed or mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Right. And it's this prison we put in our, in our, we build ourselves. Absolutely. Focusing on the abilities we do have. And I just love what you said about looking forward. So that was just, that was just something I want to dig out from your, your comment for any listeners. You might, you can't relate perhaps to Mary and I with these, these, you know, uh, eye issues that we have, but where you can relate is my goodness, there's some words that you might have in your life that are forcing you uh, to live a life that isn't to your fullest, uh, potential, right? So it's, it, it's, it's the words like depressed and anxiety mm -hmm. that fear, right? There's nothing more paralyzing than fear. So what Mary's saying is try it, leverage the abilities you do have. What makes you happy? Be creative. I think that creative thing is such a interesting, uh, thing to say, cause I don't necessarily think I'm a quote unquote creative person. Cause I think we think artsy or whatever, but it's just creating something. This podcast right. is I'm creating something mm -hmm. and I'm getting excited just talking to you, Mary, because there's just, you can find passions when you're creative. So thank you for saying that. And that's so yeah. helpful. And, and I strongly, strongly recommend get word of the word. I can't, the word can't. Yeah. 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 From your vocabulary. We say it so often. We don't even realize we say it. Wow. Whether And that goes across the board to everyone. Mm. I mean, I'm not a motivational speaker. These are just things. I know I sound a little Tony Robbins right now, but you just. Let's go. To, like to me, I these are just things that I have changed and done. And they've made an impact and made a difference in my life. I've stopped saying can't. Wow. Because truthfully, unless you've tried something, you, you can't say it. Like, so you can't. There you go. Um, <laughs> Like you just, there's no way yeah. of, of knowing what the outcome with, will be. We're not mind readers. We can't see into yeah. the future. Yeah. So I would recommend stop that. Stop saying you can't. Yeah. And just give it a shot mm. and, and stop being so hard on ourselves. That's another thing that I've learned from yeah. losing more sight wow. is just stop downplaying anything that I do. Mm. 
and just and try to focus forward. Yeah. And I'm so guilty myself of doing that. And mm-hmm. I'm still fighting some of those things, you know, and, and it's, <clears throat> it's refreshing talking to someone like you that has lived the disease longer than I have. And you've learned some things. So I'm still, you know, 2020 was a, a banner year for me of inviting people into my story and asking for help more and telling people more about it because mm-hmm. it's, um, for some reason, it's just this thing that you don't like to talk about it. Uh, you don't like to talk about. And, um, I think I use that word can't all the time, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and that, and I want, I want to talk about mental, uh, health, re- uh, in just a moment. Cause you mentioned that on, on some other, uh, podcasts and different thing, things you've done, mm-hmm. but like just saying the word can't it, you, you're just planting seeds in your brain that like, no, I, I, I literally can't do that. And there are some mm-hmm. physical inabilities that I do have, but if there, there's some tools available, there's whatever you need to do, just stop saying can't and give it a shot. And you know, it might, might not be great at it, mm-hmm. or it not, but you might find so much joy at the end of that. Right. And, That's and right. I remember you saying, you said joy suck. <laughs> <laughs> my mom does not like the word suck. So, uh, mom, I apologize <laughs> on behalf of Mary and I, uh, but you talked about kind of hiding and, and that shame of talking about it. That was your joy suck. And there was like, there was a moment, uh, more than a moment. It was probably just a, a moment stacked on top of each other that finally telling people about it alleviated some of that shame. Now you're at this point where you are feeling joy. I mean, even mm-hmm. on this call, um, you can feel it. Every listener is like, man, this Mary lady, she's a, she's a beast. She's amazing. Right. So there's something there, but I want to segue. I said, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I'm putting you on speed dial. (laughs) I'm telling you, Mary, I have your email now and you guys weren't on, we could have probably recorded our phone call the other day. Mary gave me so much podcast advice. Uh, She's just, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're in my corner and it it, building this community. Right. And you said it somewhere else we say like, oh, I'm not the only one. You know, I don't know any other legally blind people, you know, like it, we say there's this thing, but um, and part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is to create community, you know, and, and I'd love to encourage some people that are dealing with some tough times. And it's not just a diagnosis, but it's just dealing with everyday life, losing a job, you know, just uh, we're, we're stuck in our homes right now. And there's so many people that are, that are mm-hmm. depressed that need to hear your story, Mary, and I'm so thankful, but you said the word can't and kind of getting that out of our vocabulary. And I want to segue into mental health. You've talked about that uh, in other podcasts, different things. You're, you're really into that. Talk to, talk to us about that. Are there tips? Are there things that practices that you have? What is that? What is mental health to you? What have you done to start working on your mental health? Mental health is at the top of my daily checklist. And what I try and do is check in with myself and make sure that I am following what I should be following and practicing what I should be practicing. And what I mean is, one, do not be ashamed. Do not feel guilt. Do not feel um, like you're the only one that, that, you know, has this issue or or needs to speak to someone. Please, Mm -hmm. I encourage you, speak to someone, a professional. Yeah. And, and I guarantee you, it will make a world of difference. So for me, because anxiety was so much a part of my life, and it still is, I, you will all, I'll always have it, especially because I have this condition. Um, I, did, I went and I did something that's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Hmm. And I don't, without getting into it, because you can definitely just look it up, read up on it, um, it helps take that fear and that negativity out of um, someone who's catastrophizing everything. So if you're thinking that, you know, if you jump to the worst case scenario every single time, like, let's say I'm going to go outside and instead of saying, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to have a breath of fresh air and take a little walk, clear my mind. um, Even if it's to the corner and back, old Mary would have said, I'm going to go outside. Oh God, what if I miss the step at the front door and then Mm. I fall flat on my face and then I break something yeah. Or I'm walking and then I miss the curb and I bump into someone and then I ta- I put you know I push them into something, or I bump into them and I hurt them. Yeah. That's what I would have done, old Mary. Uh, I like to say that I'm Mary 2.0 now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would always go to the worst case scenario, and then I would stop and ask myself, and this is how I've learned. Um, 
through therapy was that you, you stop and you ask yourself, did that happen before? Has it ever happened when you went for that walk? Now, again, I am just compressing it, but th this is basically the logic behind Afraid it. Afraid of outcomes that have never even happened. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to mind read and figure out what's going to happen in the future, but we can't do that. Yeah. We can't do that. I mean, unless you're Hollywood medium, I'm just joking. Sure. Uh, but you like, you can't do that. So for me, I was worrying about things that have never, haven't even happened. And in wow. most cases have never happened. Mm. But it's always that because you don't have that control in your condition or in your life at the moment, you're trying to find control somewhere. And for me, that's, that's what's helped me definitely get therapy, try it. Um, if not, go online right now and just read up on it, read up on it, or find someone who has gone through it and talk to them about it. But you need to talk openly about it. Um, did that answer the question? Or did I just ramble again? No, that was amazing. No, that was great. Um, I just know it's something that isn't always talked about mental health. Um, and I think I'm a true believer that you need to, to focus on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just like, um, positive thinking is so important. Um, things you're saying to yourself, it's kind of a big phrase and I've heard so many podcasts about it, but it's like, it's self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. Like what does, what are you saying about yourself? Because ultimately the things you're saying about yourself, that's going to come true. So you will believe that you can't do this, right? In yeah, turn come true. Exactly. You're building. And, and I, I, I love that you illustrated something so powerful we're afraid of outcomes that have never happened before. Precisely. Because, and we hear it all the time and we're like, oh my gosh, let's hear these uh, interviews with these amazing people and there's these CEOs and they're million, blah, blah, blah. And they're always like, oh yeah, I failed. I lost all this money, but I learned so much from it. So why can't we learn from that? As no, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a CEO of a company, but I can know that if I take a step and I give something a shot, but it fails, that is a learning opportunity for me. And so, knowledge is power. Yeah. You, the more you know about things, the more stronger you become because the less you fear the unknown. So learn those things. Um, and I'm not saying, believe me, I have days that I don't even want to talk to anyone. I don't even want to see myself in the mirror. Like there, you know, everyone's going to have those days and that's okay. Because we're human and we have to have those days. Yeah. And you're not going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows yeah, yeah, every yeah. single day. That's not going to happen. That's not realistic. If it is, mm -hmm. we've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Okay? Uh, you know, then we're dealing with much more going on if you're sunshine and rainbows every single day. Yeah. Uh, but do what gives you that peace at the moment. Yeah. If you meditate, meditate. If you you know, write in a journal, write in a journal, do mm. that one thing that helps you clear your mind in the morning. Yeah. Or even at night, if you have a problem sleeping, write it down, even if it sounds bizarre that you're thinking about cupcakes, or you're thinking about, you know, that's another thing I talk mm. about food a lot. So <laughs> thinking about cupcakes, or yeah. if you're thinking about, oh, I got the grocery store tomorrow, I got this to do tomorrow. I got to write that article, I got to do this. Yeah, write it down on a piece of paper. Or in a journal, keep it next mm. to your bed, write it yeah. down, close the, the book, put it in your nightstand, and there go the thoughts with wow. it. It sounds, I mean, I it, honestly, these are things that I've just done yeah. that have helped me. And then, I mean, I naturally always look at, I'm a problem solver. So I'm always looking mm. at a situation as glass half full. Yep. Um, but, and not everyone's like that. So yeah. do what do you, but definitely if you're, if you're having a hard time with mental health, please, please, please speak to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are, again, uh, in the intro, add motivational speaker to Mary, uh, because <laughs> this is, this is helpful. I mean, these are, <laughs> these are genuine tips that are helpful. And I, and, and Mary, I've heard that elsewhere from people who would, uh, be on bigger podcasts or whatever. They're like, Hey, write this down in a notebook, you know, write it, get it out of your head close the cover and let it sit in that notebook and then read it again in the morning. And I think we're so ridden by anxiety because we're trying to do it all. We're trying to do everything at once. And then we realize we can't. And then 
that sits on us so heavy. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, all right, well, I'm going to sit on the couch and then nothing's going to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, uh, you need to set some time to write some things down, get it in a journal. What's important now? You know, I heard that in a book recently. Ask that question. What is important now? So, you, and you said it, you said, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. So I asked Brad Manning, uh, the guest on the first episode, the mm-hmm. same question, but again, so motivational, Mary, I'm pumped up. I'm hoping that people listening to this are just excited just because you're so passionate and so kind. And there's so much wisdom that you're saying, but what does Tuesday look like? What does okay, it wait. look like when it's like, I, I almost forgot. I want to add okay. one more thing. Yeah, to yeah, that. yeah, please, please. If you can't speak to someone, if you okay. don't have, cause I mean, again, there's always a price tag attached to everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's sure. So sure. if you can't, if you take away one thing, what I would recommend doing is get yourself a journal, write down. Now I'm not saying type this out because then you can get distracted online on your yeah, technology, yeah, yeah. Right. get an actual journal, yeah. write it down. Yeah. Or if you have a smart device, dictate it into your yeah. notes. Yeah. Okay. Something where you're not physically getting distracted by anything else. So even dictating it into your notes will help dictate your, the one thing that you are most fearful of. Write it down. Wow. Write it down and then read it wow. over. It's one, it's going to be challenging to write that down, to put on paper. I can guarantee you. My goodness. Write yeah. it down, read it. Yeah. And then read it again and then start picking it apart. Wow. And start saying, why is this not true? And start writing down why it's not true. So for example, if your biggest fear right now, and it gives you the most anxiety is uh, just hypothetically speaking, I don't have work. I lost my job. Yeah. Write down the exact uh, thought that you have. One of mine could have been that I went outside, I fell and I died. Right. So you're going right to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Once you write that down and then you start picking it apart. Have I gone outside before? And the Mm. same thing. So I'm not the first, I'm not the last that would lose my job. Have I lost a job before? If I have, you know, how can I pick myself up from here? And then you just start breaking it down to Mm. piece by piece. And believe me, when I say this, that eventually something that has consumed you for so long will now become just a quick thought, just passing through the yeah. mind. Okay. Wow. I had to add that in. Well, thank you. I, the, you know, that's like, guys, that was worth the, worth the price of admission. Um, <laughs> I, we don't talk about things we, we fear. I think it's funny. Exactly. I have uh, a, a two and a half year old Ivy and she is like randomly like, talking about monsters and stuff not in like she's kind of being playful yeah. about it she's not like freaking out but it's testing the waters sure yeah and it's like i'm more concerned about my daughter being afraid than i am right like, than i am dealing with my fear right i feel like fear isn't just like we talked about shame shame is we don't we don't like to talk about some of these things because there's shame involved but we don't often talk about the things we're afraid of because growing up fear is attached to these fake the boogeyman, right? But I think there's fear of, again, outcomes that have never happened to us. And we're afraid, uh, what are people going to say? You know, for me, it's, it was hard. I had to have people motivate me to even mm-hmm. send a DM to Kitchen Confession on Instagram because I'm like, man, no one's going to, no one cares. Oh. You know, I'm just, it, but talking to you, I'm like, I'm going to do a thousand podcasts a week because I'm so pumped up right now. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But we do that to ourselves when we don't have that community. We we're do. sitting by ourselves and we're like, I can't do it. There, nothing's going to work. No one's going to like what I do. I'm not going to sit down and write this book because uh, I, I know I've heard about writing block. Uh, it's going to happen. And we just, we're, mm-hmm. we're afraid of so much and we're not looking at it. So I think that is one of the most helpful things I've ever heard to write down a fear whatever that thing that's plaguing your mind, write it down. And I love that. Begin to pick it apart. There's like a really good, um, that's, uh, that's so visual for me. Like I'm thinking about writing something down mm-hmm. and just, okay, w- no, this is not me. Like, this is not what's going to happen and write, And then come up with a plan, you know, like if you're afraid of something, come up, how am I going to tackle this thing? Cause I'm take your life back, you know, is like what I, what I want to say to people sometimes and it's what I wanted to say to me a few years mm-hmm. ago, or even a few months ago, or on those bad Tuesdays where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't see, I can't drive. Mm-hmm. Take my life back. You know, life goes quick and I want to make an impact. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's, that's what you've done, Mary. So I'm, I'm curious and, and I'm so thankful that you, you, oh my gosh, that was truly amazing. But I'm curious, we're listening to you. You're amazing. You're excited. But what does Tuesday look like when you're sitting there? Maybe you're trying to, you're trying to fumble around. You're looking for a cord. You're trying mm-hmm. to do something on your phone. And I just hit the boom stand. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're doing something. Have you, do you get frustrated with your vision? Do you get frustrated with things? And then you get mopey, you get sad, you get down, you get maybe that anxiety creeps back in. And what does that look like? And how do you get over it? Oh, gosh, of course, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Um, more often than I would like it to happen. But there's always a but. Mm. So there are days where I'll bump into something, or I'm frustrated because, uh, you know, I drop something, dropping something for someone who has low vision, vision loss, no vision is just oh. terrible. It's yeah. like finding Waldo. You can't oh, find the guy. Amazing. You can't find that piece of carrot on the floor. Oh, um, thank you. We relate so much. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'll just yell out, Frank, mm-hmm. to my husband, yeah. Frank, I need eyes. And he'll yeah. come and he'll look for it. Yeah. Um, I say this to my wife all the time. I was like, I, I say, Selena, I need to borrow your eyes. I need to borrow yeah. your eyes. That's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's it. And I notice, or you'll see me stop, drop, and roll. Because if I put myself leveled <laughs> with the ground... <laughs> Right. And I look on it, then you'll, you're more likely to catch something that kind of pops up. That's not yeah, yeah, yeah. straight, but and that's because I have central. Um, so I can see some things. Ah, right. Yeah. So I can do it that way. But if not, I'm a constantly, or if I'm cooking with my husband and, you know, we've gotten better. If he leaves cabinet doors open or the dishwasher open and doesn't say any, or a jar and he doesn't say anything. And I smash right into it. I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, um, but it's not his fault. It's just the situation. Right. Is why I tell him it's not his fault, but yeah, <laughs> just yeah, joking. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we've gotten into a habit now where we yell out, uh, you know, fridge door open or oh cap or, you know, utensil. That is open so up. sweet. I love that. So we can cook together. Yeah. Um, so it's just finding that, that thing. But when it does happen to me and I do get frustrated, I allow myself, so before I wouldn't allow myself, before I would say to myself, snap out of it. Okay. You know, you, you know, I allow myself to feel it now because mm. sometimes, honestly, I need a little cry. <laughs> I need to just release it yeah. to help me say, to help me move on. Mm. And again, to me, it's all about closure, closing doors to this, um, you know, and acceptance. So it happened. It could have happened to anyone. I'm making, you know, I, I, it happened, it's done. No one's hurt. Let's move on. Um, you know, or it happened. Yeah. I, you know, I can't go drive. It gets me down, but my workaround is I started using Uber from when they came to Toronto. There you go. That's how I regained my independence Mm. was Uber because I won't, to me, it's difficult. Like I cannot take TTC. And I know I say I can't, guys, don't call me on it. I just said I cannot mm-hmm. because I've tried it. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've physically tried it. Um, yeah. And it's just too much, too anxiety inducing for me. What's TTC? Is that? Oh, sorry. That's a uh, public transit. And yeah, that's, um, that's a scary thing for me. Yeah. And anyone who does it that has, that's blind or low vision, you are my hero. I'm telling you, you are my hero because I have <laughs> yeah. tried it many times and I couldn't do it. So I now do uh, Uber. Yeah. And I get myself around that way. Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, because I, again, I rambled on. um, I do have my days. I sit in it. I allow myself to give myself a good little cry if needed. Mm. And then honestly, once I've done that, it's as though I've had a weight lifted off my shoulders and I'm ready to conquer something again. Mm. Okay, so what do I do now? Or what's going to make me feel happiness right now? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I do. So immediately after, I allow myself to feel it. And then I find, and I do something, not even find, I do something that I know will give me gratification, will give me some type of joy from it. Mm. It's almost like you have to... Like give yourself you a pep talk. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's even before that. Because it's like, if you give yourself a pep talk too soon, you it's like you haven't dealt with it. It's like when you have that bad Tuesday, you have to deal with it before, yes. before the pep talk, right? Because if you give yourself a pep talk, 
it's just like, okay, you can, but it's like, it, we're, we're humans, we're emotional. And we just went through something. It's almost like we have to quickly go through grief, right? It's like a quick momentary, you have to deal with that before mm-hmm. the pep talk because if you give the pep talk, but you haven't dealt with what it actually is. That's right. That's going to be repetitive in your life that it's just going to keep coming up. And, and I think Mary, that's what I experienced 2020 was sitting on the couch, admitting to myself that I'm disabled mm-hmm. and then saying that word over and over again. And like, it became this ability and it was like, okay, stop focusing on the disability and focus on disability, focus on the abilities that I do have. So I had to sit in it. And then after I, then I had the idea for the podcast, whatever. And then I made some calls and said, this is pretty vulnerable of me to, I'm telling you this idea, what are your thoughts and, mm-hmm. and bringing people in. It's like, I had to deal with that sitting on the couch moment mm-hmm. before I could have that idea. So that's, that, that's just interesting. And yeah, I haven't sitting in it. it. Yeah. Before the pep talk, like before right. you can get up and go, you almost need a second to just sit in it and like, okay, this isn't great. Now that's not a place that you stay. I think the important part is that get up and go, right? Because that's, that probably, probably leads to depression quickly when you sit in it and then you stay sitting in it. Right. And then it just, it consumes you, but it's mm-hmm. sitting it, understand it. And then like, all right. Clark, you got this. Mary, you yeah. got this. And just know that it's okay. You, you're going to have those days. Yeah. And it's all right. It took yeah. me a while to learn that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. this does not just happen overnight. It took me a while to learn that and a lot of practice at it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, again, so much practical advice already. Um, the journaling thing, I uh, to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I've been working on, okay? And my, I think my excuse was, so it's really hard uh, I can't read paperbacks, um, you know, and like uh, get something in the mail, white, black, but here's my solution. And I'm working on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have an iPad that is my, it's my lifesaver because I can, it's nice and big. Mm-hmm. Everything's black and white. I just got an Apple pencil. And what's nice is that <clears throat> um, it's a black screen. And as you write, it can be, uh, it's white. So mm-hmm. I can totally see it. And I think there's something better for me that I, again, I'm just trying to get it into practice it's better to just write when I was writing a to-do list yesterday with the Apple pencil uh, instead of typing it. And it's just like, it It makes a difference. It really does. And I want to, so I'm going to work on journaling. And I think I was so intimidated by journaling in the past, but it's like, I don't need to write a diary entry for four pages. Uh, Just write three lines. How are you feeling? Uh, What's going on? What was your day like? And I think that's just and then you can kind of review that. Okay. Last Friday, I wrote down, I was really sad, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. How am I feeling this week? What was different this week? Oh man, I was way more creative this week or whatever. So I'm going to take that into practice. And, and Mary, I want to transition. Talk to us real quick about the podcasts, uh, plural. Uh, talk to us about the website where people can follow you and uh, what you're working on right now. Okay, so people can follow me on Instagram at Kitchen Confession, no S at the end, uh, or kitchenconfession.com is the website. You can go on Twitter at Mary Mams, M-A-M-M-S. I'm on Facebook. I'm going to be honest, uh, full disclosure, I don't go on Facebook often. Yeah. Uh, I spend most of my time on Instagram and some other platforms. You can find me on Pinterest. Um, But you can also find me at Kitchen Confession, which is one of the podcasts, has recently been picked up by Accessible Media Inc., which is a network wow. here in Toronto, okay. in, in Canada. Congratulations. Rather. Thank you. Uh, working on a couple of documentaries, which, again, yeah. everything is on hold. So the documentary that I did do. Documentary. I need to add to the, <laughs> the, the opener. Uh, we, we did one. Um, it's called A Taste of Edmonton, and you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um. What else? Where else can you find me? Uh, anywhere. Just bits and I, bites. You didn't even bits and bites. That. Oh my goodness. How can I forget? Oh, Jetty, I'm so sorry. Bits and bites. <laughs> bits and bites. Brand new podcast we started. It's a 15 minute rapid fire podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's whimsical. So it's really quick. We tackle one question um, each episode and we have guest experts weighing in on, uh, let's say we're talking about, um, there was a coffee trend called Dalgona Coffee which is our very first episode. And we had 
different cultures weighing in on how that same coffee trend oh my goodness yeah. appeared in yeah. there yeah. um yeah. but again it's like it's just rapid it's just 15 minutes so it's easy to digest um a lot of fun uh, we have ebooks that go along with it. The website's just being complete now. So you can get free ebooks that go along with the episodes. Awesome. Um, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Kitchen Confession, we do interview style. Uh, and I just encourage everyone send me a message, email me. You want to chat, you have questions, please do. Yeah. Um, when we talked the other day, I was like, my mom is going to love Mary. So I'm sure my mom. Her name's Debbie. I guarantee you my mom will reach out to you because Debbie, just- let's talk. Yes. Let's talk. Mary, thank you for being a light. Um, you honestly, in our two conversations, um, have just brought so much encouragement to me. Um, and I say me just being selfish and I, there's going to be people listening to this. And I guarantee you that the things you said made an impact. And that's what's so great about this platform, about podcasting, about meeting people. Uh, you have a story that deserves to be shared. And I am just so honored that you joined me today. And again, the entire time, I'm just like, she's such a light. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing. Kitchen Confession on Instagram, guys, that is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does, Her Instagram is amazing. So I'm going to link to everything uh, in the show notes. And you're going to be able to see everything, but follow everything Mary is doing. But Mary, again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I I really did enjoy it. And you're so easy to talk to. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Ability Podcast. I hope you are coming away from what you heard today, feeling both challenged and encouraged. I hope you start to look at some of the disabilities or disadvantages in your life just a little bit differently and begin to leverage the abilities that you do have to become the best version of yourself. I would be honored if you would take a moment and hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on and share this with your friends and family. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today and I will see you again real soon.